welcome back, everyone, to Fringes of the Faith podcast. I'm Paul Henderson, Administrative Pastor at Capstone Church here in Fort Worth, Texas. And sitting next to me is my special friend and brother, Stefano Lebrelon. Here we go again. Here we go again. You know, this is part two of a podcast that we just finished up about the word wokeness and this whole wokeness movement. And also, we heard a little bit from our producer, Austin, who is with us again. Welcome to the show, Austin. But you're always on this show because you're the producer. (laughs) No need to welcome you. (laughs) Just behind the set wall. Yep. You're behind the wall working all the levers and like the great Oz, working all the levers. So where we left off at last podcast is we were talking about the woke movement and we were talking about this scenario of if you were to ask a 75 year old uh, man or woman uh, what they thought about mixing politics with professional sports the answer most likely would be that there's no place for politics in professional sports but if you ask that same question to a 21 year old they would probably say uh, there is absolutely a place for it because it's a platform that can be used to bring awareness or wokeness to social injustices. And then I asked the question, well, so who's right? Which one, which perspective is right? And, you know, in America, they both are right because they are both entitled to their own opinions and their own worldviews, or at least they used to be. Um, We used to be able to hold different viewpoints and different perspectives and opinions, but something sinister is happening. And then we talked about what was the first woke movement, and that was where? Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. That was the very first woke movement where the enemy came in and divided Adam and Eve from God and uh, basically said... Uh, if you want to be woke, you need to eat from this tree, the knowledge of good and evil. So they did. And then we talked about the first part of the definition, the dictionary definition of being woke, which meant to be aware, uh, to be in a state of awareness. And now we're going to talk about, in this episode, uh, this part two, we're going to talk about the second part of the definition of wokeness, which is not only being in a state of awareness about social problems, but being in a state of awareness about racism and inequality. And what I mentioned at the very end was how this woke movement has now been weaponized, because that's what the enemy does. Do you remember all that stuff? Oh, yeah. Okay. So here we go. Let's get back to this scenario about the 75-year-old being asked about politics, okay? So here's how woke is being used as a weapon. Now, depending on the political message being communicated, if the 75-year-old man says there's no place for politics in sports, then all of a sudden he's a racist, according to the 21-year-old generation. And it doesn't matter what ethnicity the 75-year-old man is, by the way. He could be African-American. And the political message may be about supporting Black Lives Matters. But if he says there's no place for politics, he didn't say there's no place for Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. He just said there's no place for politics in professional sports. He makes a generalized statement about that, um, needing to be left out of sports. Then now he is considered a racist. A racist. And so that, there's no acceptance for him. There's right? no acceptance for or his, his viewpoint. different viewpoint. No, there's not. Because if you have a different viewpoint to the woke crowd, 
you're not accepted. You're rejected. We don't accept your opinion. We don't accept your worldview. You have to accept ours. And if you don't accept ours, we you're reject rejected. You. Yeah. And not only that, we're going to protest against you. Not only that, we're going to pull our organizations and our companies out of your neighborhoods and your communities. You see what I'm saying? Yep. So it goes, it goes beyond just, well, I don't accept your opinion. It goes into now it's become a weapon. And it's interesting, Pastor, because the, the old 75 uh, man, mm-hmm. he accept the, oh, yeah. Yeah, the, he accepts his uh, worldview, but he also accepts uh, the young generation worldview. You know, he's okay with both. Well, let's hope so. so. I mean, he's not making war against anybody, but the young guy, he is, he's not accepting the old guy. You know, well, let me, let me, let me just say this, Stefano. Yeah. And, and producer Austin, you can weigh in on this too, but this woke movement is like a cancer. Okay. It starts out in this generation and then all of a sudden there's this exploding domino effect and it starts reaching into other generations. Mm-hmm. And so eventually it will hit that 75-year-old, and they will become, well, if you're not accepting of my worldview, in my opinion, I don't accept yours either. And then what happens after that? It's called civil war. Wow. Because that's dangerous. exactly oh. how the civil war came about. What do you think about that, Producer Austin? Yeah, there's a um, really it kicked off with politics, the strong polarization where it's red versus blue, black mm. versus white, not by color, but, but you know, um, we're forgetting that 99.9% of people fall in the middle ground. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you agree with like one thing doesn't mean you're wholeheartedly against anything else in the spectrum of that arena. So we're stuck in this gray area or, you know, red versus blue. We're all different shades of purple. Uh, Very, very few people are actually on completely one side or the other. Um, But we've been told and drilled over and over and over and over and over and over and over for the past decade that you can't have it both ways. You can't be this way or that way. If you are one way, you are inherently all these other things that accompany that. And so there is the issue that... um, you know, you ha- with race and sexuality and all these things that, as you said, if you don't agree with people using their sports or movie platform, their entertainment platform, to kind of share this agenda uh, and push their opinion, if you think, you know, do that on your personal stuff, but don't bring it into the workplace. But all of a sudden now you're labeled as racist because you're not allowing them that platform um, and hence, you must disagree with what they're saying. And hence, you must be on the other side. And hence, I am not racist, so you must be racist. And so there's this very strange polarization um, where people are just kind of taking it to the extreme instead of landing somewhere in the middle as is really logical. Something that's always interesting that you see people say a lot is, turn off the news and go talk to your neighbor. Hmm. The majority of people you talk to are going to be nice. They're not Mm -hmm. your enemy. They're not just because you do disagree on something. We're all human and we all experience life in a different way in our different, you know, growth path um, and cultures and, you know, everyone experiences things differently. So that forms who we are and what, how we think and how we feel 
but it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, just because you grew up like that, I grew up like this, I disagree with what you say about that. It doesn't mean all of a sudden, no, we're enemies. We are blood enemies. No, it's not, it's not war. Talk about it. Learn from it. See where people stand. But, um, but that's the core issue. But that's the issue is there's not this discussion anymore. It no. is, it's turned into a shouting match. I disagree with you. Hence, I, I don't want to hear anything you say. And, and I would say that, Pastor, that these people who, who support the wokeness movement, uh, they preach love, they mm-hmm. preach acceptance, but if you don't agree with them, there is no tolerance. No, it's intolerance. Yeah, it's they will persecute you and they will yes, exclude they will. you from everything. Well, that's the core it's issue. The warping of love. It's the core issue of the wokeness movement yeah. and this whole cancel culture movement. It's they are unable to accept the differences that people have. There's another word for that, by the way. It's called discrimination. Mm-hmm. So this wokeness and this cancel culture movement, if they don't like your viewpoint or your opinions, then they will discriminate they against will discriminate you, you for that. And isn't that uh, the exact thing? The thing that they are supposed to be fighting against. Yeah. So it's it's weird. That's it's an oxymoron. It's a hip. It's hip. Hypocrisy. Yeah. yeah. That's why. It's their way or the highway. You either the see things definition. from their viewpoint, or you get canceled. We talked about that yeah. in in the first part. You get canceled. You get mocked. You get protested. You get doxed. You get removed from social media platforms. Hypocrisy for me is the best word to describe this. It is. And, and, you know, we live here in America that's supposed to be home of the free. And protect different worldviews, right? Yes. We no longer, right now, it doesn't appear that we, we, we have the freedom to express our own opinions or experiences for fear of being canceled or censored, which is another creative way of saying discriminated against. Mm-hmm. Canceled just means you're being discriminated against for your opinions and your yeah. worldview. And, you know... If the woke, uh, you know, if, if somebody that's woke, if they label someone a racist simply because they disagree with a particular tactic or a message being communicated, then doesn't that make the woke a racist too, using the same woke ideology? I mean, I don't get it. Yeah. It's you confusing. Know, we have a great example uh, here in America of discrimination. Do you know that uh, that happened with a great politician here? I don't want to mention the name, but social media cancel his accounts and mm. cancel his right to speech, right. to say things, right? Well, they're going to claim that they are a private platform and, you know, and they've, they've allowed, not they, not the platforms, they're taking advantage of the system that they lobbied uh-huh. Congress to protect them from these libel suits and from being a news organization when in reality that's exactly what they are. And they're censoring people. They're suppressing yeah. freedom of speech. I don't care if the person says something that is totally right or wrong, indifferent. If you're going to allow one person to speak their opinions and their viewpoints, then in America, you're supposed to allow the other side to express the opposing view. That's what the democratic process is about. It's not about a one-party system where we're right and you're wrong and you're canceled. It's about a two-party system that have differing opinions, and that's where we come together and we work those differences out. But now we've gone beyond the ability to do that because of this wokeness. That's exactly what we were talking about, is the pre-selected opinion, 
right? Yes, selective is, wokeness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> selective wokeness. Um, and you know, this form of hypocrisy that we're talking about is very, 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 very dangerous. It's anti-American. And when you throw the word racism around, every time someone disagrees with you, you know what you're actually doing? You're diminishing the word racist. You're diminishing yeah. the word. You're, 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 you're taking away from its true meaning. And then pretty soon, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, and, and I have to say, Pastor, you know, America, everybody knows, is like it's the center of the world. Mm-hmm. And it's very dangerous because what happens here hits the other parts of the world, yeah. you know. And I have seen this even in my country, in Brazil, um, the social media. Uh, they have been banning uh, voices that do not agree with what they agree. Mm. And I think that's, that's, um, that's not good. It's an effect that can, you know, reach much worse than we ever think. Yeah. You know, can be really bad. And there's, so there's when you look at it. Real quick. Sorry to chime in. Um, there's the argument that can be brought up where you, you're seeing like a, a, an interesting thing I saw. If you follow the Colorado baker, the Christian baker that's mm-hmm. been attacked multiple times um, with various lawsuits. He just lost a lawsuit for refusing to make a cake for a trans, trans person. Yeah, trans. Um, and so you have the argument with social media that you've seen where they've blocked, you know, again, politician, big name, um, blocked them from all their platforms. Um, and so they argue, well, they're a private company. They can do what they want, except then flipping it on the other side, yeah. bringing up, again, hypocrisy, where, mm-hmm. well, then why don't you allow this baker to do what he wants and serve the customers that he chooses and refuse service to those that he refuses service? Um, the issue with social media is that they have grown to the point beyond being privatized business and are now a utility, a very com- core component in the function of our society yeah. um, and need to be treated as such right. uh, mm-hmm. compared to you know, other small privatized businesses. Well, it's no longer that way. Let's get, let's get back to this Baker question, too, because I've got a, a different scenario to throw at you guys. To let, you know, tell me what you think about this. So the Baker has to serve, right, has to serve the 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 person that wants a transgender cake, okay? Mm-hmm, yeah. What's the difference between that and a bartender being forced to serve someone that's been overserved, someone that's drunk if they're alcoholic? I mean, that's a medical condition. So are they not afforded the same type of protections? And what are the implications if they are? How do you reconcile that? How are you going to force someone to serve someone? Um, you know what I'm saying? If, and I know people out there are going to say, well, that's apples to oranges because it's a public safety issue. Well, be that as it may, it still doesn't still doesn't reconcile the fact that if you can force a baker to serve uh, who, whoever comes in and says, I demand a cake, no matter who they are, yeah. why can't you serve an alcoholic that goes into a bar that is obviously drunk and says, I deserve to be served. Is there a difference? I mean, take the public safety issue out of it. There's no difference. I don't see a difference. So that's uh, what I see is the convenience of the, right? I mean, what's more convenient for them, mm. for, for the movement? Oh, so they will select what select more. Yeah. yeah, the selective wokeness. Okay. And so let's, let's talk about this word racism then, because we talked about how it diminishes the meaning. 
um, when people just throw it out there for everything. I mean, you cut me off in traffic, uh, you're a racist. You you cut in front of me in line at the grocery store, you you're honk a at me. You honk at me, <laughs> you must be a racist. I mean, we're, we're using that word, and, and, it, and it just completely diminishes the actual effect. And there is racism in America. We're not denying that. We're not saying that there are not uh, social injustices. We're saying because we live in a social individualistic society that we will have differences. Now, if those differences cross over into discrimination, then that's a legal matter that needs to be handled and dealt with. Um, and but you know, to go off to start to start labeling people for something that has is totally irrelevant to to the. Like, to the topic or to the situation. It's just, it's crazy. It's we a crazy are, maker. We are hypersensitized. Oh my gosh, is there a word more than hyper? <laughs> Ultra? Uber? Extra hyper. <laughs> <laughs> Over? <laughs> so let's let's exchange the word racism and let's use words like homophobic or Islamophobic or transphobic or canine-phobic or feline-phobic or claustrophobic, you oh, name it, phobic. Or Brazilian-phobic. Brazilian-phobic. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> it's getting to the point now where if a person simply disagrees with a position on any given topic, doesn't matter what it is, they're made to feel scared to discuss it out of fear of being canceled, mocked, censored, or labeled. I mean, what is this world coming to? And, and I tell you, Pastor, th there is no direction. I mean... You don't see the end of the tunnel with this. Uh, it's getting broader and broader, and, and everything just falls into this trap. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and, and the thing is, what uh, producer Austin said in, in part one, I believe, is you talk about 99 point whatever percent of the population falls in the middle somewhere. Where are their voices at? Where are you? Why are we letting a very, very small percentage dictate the tyranny that is headed our way. And, and Pastor, I, let me just say this. Um, if you analyze the countries where people do not have a lot of access to social media, the societies, they are healthier. Mm -hmm. You know, even if the economic factor is not the best, but they are healthier. Well, I'm going to suggest everyone out there that you watch, if it's still available, they may have taken it down, but if you watch a video called Social Dilemma, The Social Dilemma, you will see exactly what my friend here is talking about, what Stefano's talking about as far as what kind of impact has social media had on the psyche of the world, but more importantly on the psyche of the Western culture because it is absolutely fascinating. And uh, uh, believe me, if you were to watch that, you'll probably delete all of your social accounts. If you're even seeing this video, because we use YouTube, <laughs> we may get canceled. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. So here's the thing. Like I said, it's getting to the point where if we just simply disagree with a position or the fact that we don't want to see politics in professional sports, you know, we're afraid to, to publicly make those statements now because of fear. And you know what the other word for that is, for being afraid? Uh, it's called suppression. Suppression. Suppression, you know, like suppressing the truth. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, pastors all over, especially in Canada, are, are under suppression of the truth. Um, and so now we get into, okay, so what's truth? 
is is your truth different than my truth? And now the truth becomes relative, right? Now. Uh, exactly. Is your is yeah. your reality different than my reality? Yeah. And if I speak the truth and say that according to biological, scientific, without a doubt, evidence that an individual is either born a biological male or a biological female based on the number of chromosomes, proven science, then suddenly I'm genderphobic. Suddenly I, 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 I've been labeled, and, and now I'm, I'm headed down this path where I'm being discriminated against because of scientific evidence. I'm not saying what I personally believe. I'm saying what the scientific evidence shows us. So now, Pastor, even science is being banished now. Ex- that's even exactly science. where I'm being, where I'm headed with because this. Because the, the very same group, they will say that God do not exist because science cannot prove, right? But then when science proves other things that are not convenient for them, they now they banish science. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know, science has never disproven the existence of God either. Absolutely, yeah. All right. So when we talk about science and and biology and and the biological realities, uh, (laughs) the biological reality is this. A person is either born a physical biological male or a physical biological female. I've never ever in my life, and, and producer Austin, chime in here, and, and you, Stefano, I, I personally have never seen a person born a tree or a rock. Uh, so far, I haven't seen. you never seen no. a person born a tree? No. But if I say I am a tree... I have to, to agree now that you, you are... You have to agree that I am a tree. Because if I don't agree, I, I'm, what happens? If no. you don't agree, then you are a, a climate racist. Oh, my goodness. Because you don't believe in trees. You are attacking <laughs> their I'm truth. A, I'm attacking your identity tree. Yeah, right? You're attacking my truth. Yeah. That's my truth. I don't care what your truth is. I don't care what the truth is. That's my truth. So, um, but here's the thing. The truth is still the truth, no matter yeah. how you try to ignore it or how you try to alter it. And we've come to the place now, like you said, Stefano, that even scientific evidence beyond a doubt is now being questioned or altered to fit the decisions people make. The other word for that is justification. You mm-hmm. touched on it too. Yeah. Justification for their sin. That's all it is. Yeah. When you when you drill down to the core issue of all of this, the basic bottom line is we are trying to justify our sin and our immoral conduct. Yeah. That's all it is. It's a fruit of disobedience. It is. And rebellion. Yeah, and rebellion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you know um, when we get to that point now where we can question science and, and we can alter things to fit our decisions, did you know that there, there is a country, there, there is a nation, or there was, led by a person who thought this way in the past? Did you know that? Uh, yeah. You did? Yeah. So the leader of this nation was woke to the fact that his ideology and his opinions, his reality, his truth was the only truth acceptable and that all others were considered enemies of the state. Wow, so no tolerance. Mm-hmm. Zero tolerance unless you fit into their into his. box, right? Mm-hmm. And because this nation followed this madman's ideology, we ended up in, world, in a world war. That's, that's, that's the extreme. That's extreme. how bad it can yeah. get. Now, this madman's name, of course, was Adolf Hitler, and his ideology was that Aryan lives matter. 
more than others because they were the chosen race. And in his opinion, in his worldview, if you didn't agree with his worldview, then not only were you canceled, you were executed. No way. And pretty soon he convinced everyone around him, almost an entire nation, to be woke like he was. And the next thing you know, six million Jews were executed. Terrible. That is the danger of this sinister agenda of the woke culture operating in America and the world today. So let me ask you, let me ask you this. Is history repeating itself? Why? Why do I ask? Well, because of the systematic indoctrination, beginning with our children, our teens, and our college students toward this secular ideology. And you know, it actually began in the baby boomer generation. That's the generation of your mom and dad, my mom and dad. That's where it began. The minute, the minute the Supreme Court ruled in 1962 to remove school prayer in the name of separation of church and state, that very minute we were being introduced and indoctrinated into a secular ideology. So it was actually when you took the Bible out that things began to get... When you remove God, who only sees one race, the human race, when you remove him out of the equation, then you have division. Then you have the woke ideology infiltrating us. We're being indoctrinated. Because in 1962, and I'm not going to get political here, I'm just going to I'm going to speak the facts as they are. So please don't cancel me and and censor me and all this. I'm just going to tell you what the truth is, what according to the facts of history. In 1962, the makeup of the Supreme Court um, saw a dramatic shift almost overnight, because in that year it went from a conservative margin of five conservative Supreme Court justices to uh, to four liberal, what, what you call liberal or secular, to a five-vote majority of liberals over consecutives that very year. That's the same year that they removed prayer from the school. The president at the time was John F. Kennedy. He was a Democrat, okay? The Supreme Court at this point was known as the Warren Court because of Earl Warren, a very secular and liberal chief justice who presided over the Supreme Court from 1962 to 1969. And so, again, I'm not being political. I'm just stating the facts as they are. Um, and you know, you know what, what is the current political landscape of this country oh, now, yeah. okay? So that, that, that's relative. We need to think about those things. And you know it said, have you ever heard this, Stefano? Um, you ever heard that a family who prays together stays together? Never heard this. You never it? heard that? Yes. Okay. So it's, it's, a, it's a popular saying. It's a popular saying here. Very right? popular. Uh, Producer Austin, have you ever heard that phrase, a family who prays together stays together? Yes, I have. Okay. Well, that goes for nations too. A nation who prays together, like the United States used to be before 1962, stays together. Because there is something very divine and unifying when we are praying together. Prayer unites us. Because no matter what ethnicity we belong to, we are reminded of our kindred bond to one another because we all came from the creator of the universe. We all came from him. And it's sad because in less than one generation, one generation, we have fallen so far away from that kindred bond held together by our national identity as a God-fearing Judeo-Christian nation 
that all that is left now is to cancel one another mm-hmm. because we just yeah. can't seem to accept and tolerate each other's different viewpoints or each other's religious uh, beliefs. We can't do it anymore. And so now what's the result? Separation. Separation. Division. Division. And so to be woke, to be aware of social problems that will never be resolved without God in the picture, specifically racism and discrimination that will never end without the unifying cry to a God who loves us as his children, brown, black, yellow, white, purple, polka dotted. He doesn't see that. He sees his children. Yeah. To the point where he gave up his only begotten son to die for us. You know, we say, Stefano, we say brothers and sisters when we talk, right? Yeah. Believers, true believers, when they greet each other, they greet each other. Hey, brother. Hey, sisters. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what ethnicity they are. No. Which country you are from, it doesn't... And we do that because that is an acknowledgement that we are all created equal. We're all created equal into one family where ethnicity and color enhance our culture. And it adds zest to the tapestry of our human existence. That's what ethnicity does. It's supposed to enhance and and add to our existence and, and, and to our lives. It's a positive thing. I know. Uh, I think God is so creative, Pastor. And when He created all the races, I mean, uh, imagine like the fish in the ocean—they are all different, all yeah. like different colors, and, and the birds in the sky. He wasn't going to create just one color human kind. You know, how boring would that be? Yeah, boring. It would be so boring. So I think that what the enemy does—he transforms something that is supposed to be beautiful and appreciated into separation. You know, That's exactly but we will only does. understand that when we have the awareness of the kingdom of God. Amen to that. And so here's the thing, woke people. The woke culture needs to wake up to the fact that until we put God back in our schools, back in our government, back in our lives, we will never reach a utopic state that you're looking for where all men, women, children, and everyone in between will be treated equally. You'll never get there. You'll never get there without God. If you want to end oppression, do what the Israelites did when they were being oppressed. Call on the name of the Lord, and he will hear you, and he will heal your land. If you want unity, do what the United States did in the wake of September 11th. Acknowledge God, start praying, and get involved in a local church. The churches were filled to the brim, overflowing the day after September 11th. Glory to God. People thought the end of the world had come, and that's when they turned to God. And then what happened? Did they become woke? They became woke to the schemes of the devil. Yeah. And they agreed they with did. it. So if you want to experience life, liberty, and happiness, stop looking for a fight around every corner. Instead, look to a Savior whose name is Jesus. If you want to cancel culture, replace it with the love of Christ and be free. Amen. I'm all about canceling the culture, brother. I want this culture to be canceled yeah. completely and replaced with the love of Christ. So I'm all, I'm, all with, I'm all with cancel culture. Let's cancel it, but let's replace it with Jesus. Now, again, none of us, none of us are condoning social injustice or inequality. I'll speak against that wherever it exists, because I don't believe in that. 
I know the Lord doesn't believe in that. Yeah. He does not believe. As a matter of fact, he said, you make sure your weights and your balances are correct. Don't you cheat people. Don't you discriminate against people. That's what Jesus was teaching when he, came when he taught the parable of the Samaritan. He said, there is no difference in God's kingdom. You're all, Everybody's the you're same. all yeah. his children. I'm not condoning the censoring of free speech. I don't condone violating the United States Constitution and the Bill of Rights to, a further, to further this woke agenda. I don't condone that either. Um, and I'll continue to speak the truth in love. I'll continue to deliver the good news of hope for a better life through Christ, as I know you do. Every Wednesday and every Sunday, Stefano, and you lead worship. You lead it in spirit and truth, and that's what we need. That's Absolutely. what this country needs. We need to remember who the Creator is and who we are. We're all equal in His eyes, and we're all called to worship Him in spirit and in truth. And you know what? YouTube, Facebook, Insta, Snap, Chat, whatever. Twitter. <laughs> if I get canceled for this, then I'm going to rejoice and be glad in the Lord because it tells us in Matthew chapter 5, verse 11 and 12, it says, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice Amen. and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. Amen. Well, Stefano, I just want to thank you. I thank you for, for being a guest on, <laughs> on this show. Once again, I, I love hearing your perspective, and I want to be sure and thank producer Austin for your input. You know, Austin is of a younger generation, and uh, he brings a lot of great and valuable insight um, in, into this topic. And, you know, we're constantly looking at him and toward him uh, for some counsel as far as, okay, Austin, how does the younger generation feel about this? So, Austin, thank you. You have anything you want to to impart to our listeners? Yeah, yeah. I actually I, I feel compelled to encourage anyone watching or listening that um, kind of going back to prayer. Uh, it's such a powerful tool, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, and it's our way of communicating with God and and talking to Him and and sometimes hopefully getting responses uh directly through that many times it's through the word but um there's the fortunate occasional instance um but uh, i want to encourage you know in all this divisiveness and division all these things happening uh take a moment and really genuinely truly pray for anyone who has wronged you anyone who has done anything against you um Pray for those who you disagree with uh, and not out of the, oh, they're wrong mentality, but out of the genuine love of Christ where, you know, God, show them the truth. Help me to see from their perspective where they're coming from and help them to see your truth and your salvation. Uh, And so I just felt compelled to kind of share that because it's such a powerful thing. Uh, Someone encouraged me to do that. It's a very good thing to use against unforgiveness. You start praying for someone that you don't like or disagree with, um, your heart will change for that person. Uh, Amen. And so God will start to give you the heart that he has for them, which is, this is my child. And so Mm -hmm. um, it helps, it really helps release 
a lot of stuff and um, helps oh, you good. to release it to give it to God. That's good. So stop the protesting and start the praying. Yeah. Mm. And just to just say something, Pastor, I think that there's just one difference that God sees, you know. Uh, he created us with differences, you yes, know. Yes, he did. It's a, it's a result of his creativity. But uh, there's just one difference that he sees. Those who are washed in the blood mm-hmm. of the Lamb and those who are not. Yes. That's actually the only difference that really matters, yes, you know. Yes, it is. So let's make sure that, you know, yeah. uh, we are washed in the blood of the Lamb, Amen. Jesus Christ. Amen. Well... Uh, thank you guys and gals for listening, and I hope that, uh, that you know, maybe some of the things that have been expressed in, these, in these, uh, this part two and part one of this wokeness conversation that we're having, I hope some of that has helped you understand what the woke culture, woke culture is, and, uh, you know, what we need to be doing is praying for them. Like uh, Producer Austin said, we need to pray for those that are under this deception, um, and pray, pray for those that have hurt us, especially as well. So with that said, um, God bless you guys. We love you. And as always, stay in the word, stay alert, and stop being deceived. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys.